Hey, what's up, everyone? Drew here, and I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for checking out our podcast, 108 North. This is the college podcast for First Baptist Statesboro. And I want to take a quick moment before we dive into the episode to say, uh, if you happen to be a college student in Statesboro, whether you're going to Georgia Southern, Ogeechee Tech, or something in between, you're looking for a community and a church to plug into, we would love for you to come hang out with us at First Baptist. We're downtown, big church, 108 North Main Street. May look a little intimidating from the outside, uh, but we would love love for you to come and worship with us and to learn how to grow. We're all about equipping and making disciples. So we have worship services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And in between those at 9.45, we have a college gathering, uh, Bible study that we'd love for you to come join and hang out with. And then if you can't make that for some reason on Wednesday night, uh, we have a college large group gathering that gathers at 6.30 as well. So love for you guys to come hang out with us. If you want more information, there's notes in the show notes and details and links. Uh, and you can always reach out to me. So hope you're having a great day. Thank you for listening on with the show. Hello everyone, it's Drew here and I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the podcast. This is 108 North, our college podcast at FBC Burrow, and it is a rainy October's day as I'm recording this. I have a cup of coffee, and uh, it's one of those days I wish I could just end up uh, sleeping all day, but uh, you know, life pushes on. So whether you have classes, you're stressed out, or maybe finals are already done and you're listening to this a month or two later and uh, things are not as stressful, I hope you're doing well, whether you're an adult, college student, anywhere in between. Today, we're continuing our series called Who is Jesus? And if you're a college student in Statesboro area, every Sunday night, we've been walking through the book of John, examining the life of Jesus and asking the question, who, who is he? And what I mean by that is not, is Jesus uh, who he says he is? Because I believe he is, and you'll have to come to that yourself, but more along the lines of his character. What can we learn about Jesus? Because we see throughout the book, as John says early on, that this book is here for us to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And I think we can learn a great deal about who Jesus is through his interactions with others, how he talks to certain people, how he reacts to them, and how others react to him. And we've been diving in through these conversations to point back to truths that we can know about who Jesus is that also resonate through our own lives. Today, we're in the fifth chapter of John, and uh, we're continuing the story. But before we dive into that, let me ask you a quick question. Have you ever by chance uh, broken a bone? I have been uh, blessed, lucky, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, to never have broken a bone myself. And I know some other people like this as well. I've also never had a cavity, which seems like it's maybe a little too good to be true. And I don't have wisdom teeth. So maybe a lot of bad things are coming my way and I don't know that. Or who knows, maybe the Lord just saw it fit that I didn't have to deal with all of that. But but either way, <clears throat> I do know this, that I had two brothers and it is by God's grace, maybe alone, that we did not end up breaking more bones and getting into more shenanigans when we were younger. We did all sorts of ridiculous stuff from building ramps for our bikes to jump off of crazy things to uh, making bobsleds out of skateboards to a million other crazy things like jumping off an old rusty barn shed we had in our backyard and uh, combat rolling with BB guns. Um, Yeah, I grew up in the South, by the way. Uh, I say all that to say this, though, that I do know people who have broken arms. I do know people who have hurt themselves pretty severely and had to go get bones set. And I know that there's not much more painful than that. That in some ways, our intuition 
as humans would be to not have that be fixed because it hurts so much to fix it for it to be whole again. I know just the other day with my daughter, uh, <clears throat> her arm got popped out of socket a little bit when we were playing a little too rough and she grabbed it immediately and didn't want anybody to touch it or do anything. But the only way for it to get better was for us to take her to the doctor and them to put it back into socket. It was painful and hurt, but only could be healed if that was how it did. Have you ever thought about that? I know as I'm a parent, and maybe you are not one, but maybe you are if you're listening, either way, I know that I've talked to parents who said that they can't stand to see their kids get shots, but they do it anyways because it's good for them. And I feel that way too. Sometimes we have to hurt a little to be healed. Sometimes it hurts to be healed. And I bring all that up because I think today's story we see of Jesus in chapter 5 points to something about us and about Jesus and God that we can wrestle with a little bit, but points to a truth that we need to understand. In John chapter 5, we see a Jewish festival is taking place, and Jesus is coming back into Jerusalem. He comes in through the Sheep Gate, and he comes to a pool called Bethesda. Now, Bethesda means in Aramaic, house of mercy. And it was a fitting title for this because around this pool with this shelter all the way around it were all sorts of disabled people. Invalids, some translations say. People who had all sorts of stuff, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And here we get introduced to a conversation that Jesus sees. In verse 5, we see that there's a man who'd been disabled for 38 years. Now let that sink in for a second too because 38 years is a long time. And specifically, when we're talking about the ancient world, that's a very long time. 38 years this guy's been disabled. And Jesus comes up to him, and we see that Jesus asks him an interesting question. In verse 5, he says this, do you want to get well? Now, I want to park on this question for a second, because I think this is a question that has some weight to it and seems a little odd. I know the first few times I read through this story, I always was struck by this question. Why in the world would Jesus ask somebody who was paralyzed, who, who had been there and disabled for so long, who was lame, who had all this brokenness about them if they wanted to get well? Who would not want to get well? And it's interesting too, right? We see that, you know, this man, his initial answer almost seems like Uh, almost seems sarcastic, you could say. He says this, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water's stirred up. While while I'm uh, trying to get into the pool, someone goes ahead of me. See, here's the thing that's going on in this story. At some point, people believed, and this is not true, but the mythology maybe, or the, the belief, the folklore, tall tale of the time was that An angel would come down and stir the waters, and whoever got in got healed first. And the reality was is that this guy almost sarcastically, it seems, telling Jesus that the way that he thinks healing happens, he can't do, so he's just kind of stuck like this. It's interesting, too, that Jesus answers, asks this question to him, does he want to get well? And he doesn't immediately just answer yes. Maybe it's halfway that other people had asked him this before, or maybe he'd been so disabled for so long he was used to people looking at him and thinking that 
he wasn't going to get well, or maybe they thought he was just a sinner and this is his fate because of that. But I think there's something deeper going on here. Because I realize, I think, that to some degree, you've got to want to be healed. And if you're broken for so long, things end up mending back to some degree of usefulness. Think about this. Jesus is definitely about restoration. This isn't the first time we've seen him heal someone. And the story goes on, by the way, that he tells him to get up and he immediately gets well, picks up his mat, and he walks away. So Jesus obviously is about restoring what has been broken and disabled in this man. But it is interesting that restoration, simply speaking, can be rather disruptive. Even beyond that, it can be something that is life-changing and maybe not all the ways that are good. See, Better or not, when we get healed, it's a bit invasive. It changes how we've ended up coping and dealing with everywhere. It meddles, as somebody said once. Ends up taking away the systems and the ways that we know how to deal with things. And we often, if we're honest, maybe like this man, end up getting comfortable with what is broken and maybe not working quite right into our lives. We learn how to walk with a limp, live with a limp maybe. We make the necessary adjustments. If this leg doesn't work anymore, we'll use this. And maybe in our own lives, in our own spiritual side and emotional sides, we end up dealing with things and accept that this is how life is and we'll just have to deal with it. No wonder then that this man, that no wonder that Jesus asked this man, does he want to be healed? Because Healing him would change everything. And that means everything. For better or for worse, he'd been here 38 years, and that is sad, full of envy and secret pride, monotony, futility. But he's also had 38 years of not having to work, 38 years of not being able to travel or to care for children, 38 years without obligation and options, 38 years with an excuse not to have to do other things. certainly he's carrying a burden and dealing with heavy things, but he's never had to deal with the weight of others' exceptions, uh, others' expectations of him. And Jesus, so much like everyone, so much like so many other stories we see throughout John, shows up and everything changes. All of a sudden, this man whose legs had not ever worked, or for 38 years at least have not worked, suddenly have strength back to normal. He's able to run, get up immediately. I wonder, is restoration a shock to our systems too? When Jesus comes and heals and changes and brings us to life where death was at in our own lives, when he changes us and pushes us into something new, are we all of a sudden maybe a little bit uncomfortable with the newness of the fact that we have to let some other things that we liked about the brokenness go to walk in the wholeness? I think we all have to ask the same question that Jesus answers as this guy. I think we all have to answer the same question this guy had to. Do we want to get well? I don't know for you what that looks like. I don't know what areas in your life that Jesus and God is asking you to let go of so that he can heal. Maybe even though it hurts and is painful, just like a shot that a kid gets. 
but maybe it's easier to control. Maybe we end up wanting to uh, manipulate things, and it's easier to do that if we leave these things. But the reality is, and I think we see in this story, that Jesus is all about restoring us back to what we're meant to be, restoring us back to the Father, restoring us right standing with him. As C.S. Lewis would say, he's not just satisfied at fixing up a little house. He's making it into a mansion. There are some things that will be painful when he cuts out of our lives to heal us back to what it's supposed to be. That means we'll have to let some things go. But the question we all have to ask before he'll ever do that is, do we want to be healed? Do you really want Jesus to come and fix that brokenness? Even if that means it costs you something? I promise you this, and I'm not that very old, that following Jesus is difficult and costly, but it is well worth it, even though it is costly and difficult. And life found in Jesus is worth it because it's real life. Even if it ends up costing us things that we find precious right now, even if it's scary to think that God's going to heal something because we don't know what to expect when he does because we've been broken for so long. Jesus is our hope, guys. And I think this points back to that as well. So wherever you happen to be this day, I hope you know that Jesus wants to restore you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to not just make it where your future is secure, but he wants to start making you into something more to invite you into real life. But we all have to ask ourselves the question, do we really want to get well? So maybe this week, find an opportunity and a time to pray and ask the Lord about that, to spend some time with him. If you happen to be in Statesboro, we'd love for you to come hang out with us on Sundays. It's a great place to be. We'd love to have you. Hope you guys have a great day. I'll catch you later. Peace.